Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This episode features a lot of my new friends, Thornton, Emily, and Kilby Spencer, Kelly Briding, and Debbie Bramer. Kilby Spencer reached out to me a while back with some recommendations for guests, so I crashed at his and Kelly's place in Crumpler, North Carolina, and he lined up some amazing guests for me, including Shohei Sitsumi, whose episode aired last week. Before my trip, I hadn't heard a lot of this style of fiddling and banjo playing, so I was pretty blown away when we got started. I'm used to playing this non-specific northern festival style, so let's just say I expended a lot of effort trying to keep up with these folks. <laughs> Unfortunately, because there were six of us playing in the living room, this episode was a little more difficult to mix than the average one-on-one -on -one session. Uh, you only really notice it on a couple songs where the vocals get a bit lost. I hope the energy of the jam makes up for it. Let's get started. I'm pleased to introduce the Spencer family and friends. Enjoy. Thank you. 
All right, here, <clears throat> co here comes all your names. <laughs> so um, we got um, Thornton Spencer on the fiddle, and Emily Spencer on the banjo, Kilby Spencer on guitar, and we got Debbie Bramer on the bass, and in a little bit we'll have Kelly Brighting on uh, guitar and anything else. We'll see. <laughs> Very good. So, um, Spence, Spencer and Co., this is who we're interviewing today. Uh, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks. thank you for having me uh -huh. in, in your home. <laughs> it's very nice to be here. Yeah, so, um, Thornton, you, you chose that tune. Um, where'd you learn that tune? I really don't know. Just <laughs> <laughs> saying, kicking around up there. A lot of people played it. Seemed like I played a little different version uh -huh. way back. And I gradually picked up that version from I'm not for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but at one time, the Fiddler's Adventures and all, a lot of people played that. Too, and I don't know exactly why. One thing, some of them sang a little on it, you know. Yeah, I, lo I, I love your vocals on well, that. Thank you. That's <laughs> a dance tune. Yeah. yeah. But... It, I'm not. I'm not real sure where I learned it. Yeah, it's, you've just uh, been playing it so long that who could say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, probably not as long as some of the others, but I would say at least from I don't know, fifties or something like that. So. <laughs> very, maybe very a little good. before. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. it's a long time to play one tune. So what I thought would be interesting is if uh, we could sort of just like go around and. Um, where are we, by the way? We're in a town with a very interesting name. I always forget what it is. What's the name of this town? Crumpler, North Carolina. Crumpler, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I thought it'd be interesting if we could go around and just say, like, maybe in between the tunes, uh, how we got into playing old time and uh, who, who are the people who inspired us and, like, what the role uh -huh. of old time is uh, in your life and things like that. So let's start with you, Thornton, since we've been talking. Oh, well. When did you start playing? I guess I was probably nine or ten year old when my oldest sister married Albert Hyde. He made fiddles and was a fiddler, you know. And uh, I would probably, I don't think I ever tried, but I hear other people, you know, play until uh, he showed me, and he showed me the chords on the guitar. on the fiddle, and I never will forget. <laughs> I could learn real quick to, I did, you know, to keep this right off, keep time, catch a chord, but it wasn't changing chords. Uh -huh. <laughs> right, you know, and <clears throat> they told me down listen, you know, such and such a place, and I never, well, forget Ethel, my sister said, well, I thought he was just going to pick it up and start playing right off, but I don't know what he's going to learn. I said, he's not changing chords right, right. Albert said, well, no, no. Most people don't want to ever start that yeah, way, yeah. you know. And he uh, would take his, he played some tunes then, just like had two chords, you know, or something, and he'd hold his fiddle down like yeah. that. And when he's supposed to change chords, he'd raise it up like that. And when he's oh, supposed to go good. back, he'd go down like that. On uh, two or three tunes that way. And That's smart. Got to, so then... I learned how to fiddle a little. I don't know, he just, uh, I know it showed me uh, a little bit before, the first time, he uh, worked on fiddles for people and 
made fiddles and had fiddles, and he was going to visit. People were going to be gone a week or two, and I was staying there. And uh, I don't know how I come, but I picked up a fiddle off the wall and saw it on it like that, and he said, you can learn to fiddle, I believe. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. said, I'll show you two tunes on that fiddle, and uh, if you can learn them, I'm going to give you the fiddle when you get back. Well, <laughs> I wanted the fiddle, you know, so I really don't squawking and <laughs> my sister sent me to the granary he got the bill <laughs> and make it smash racket uh, he come back and he gave me the fiddle said but I uh, <laughs> learned something else but one of them, I, he just showed me half the two you know what I mean <laughs> I don't wish I could play half of it but I couldn't play the other part and, uh, was it ragged tomato and chicken reel? I think it was. I think it was a chicken reel. I had half of it and the other, other half I didn't have, you know. <laughs> but, uh, so it sounds like he was a very encouraging. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've heard of some, sometimes yeah. this music gets passed on with like a, uh, someone recently called it the Appalachian Suzuki method, yeah. which, is, which is this, don't you dare touch that fiddle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But it seems like he was a little more encouraging than that. Yeah, it was completely different. Very good. From that. Um, <laughs> but uh, they was, awful lot of musicians came to his house to get their instruments to work on and whatnot. And uh, you picked up a little from them. And, and he was a good fiddler, too, Albert was. And uh, the... I don't know. I never concentrated as much I could fiddle on the fiddle as I did. Later on, we uh, moved to a different place, and there was a boy about exactly my age, I don't know, 10 or 11, played music to us, and uh, <laughs> he had started playing when he was three years old. And he held his fiddle like this. He's holding it like a cello right now. Yeah, yeah. Held, <laughs> held it like up between his legs and played. And uh, so I was a picking the guitar, I think, and with him. And someone, is another boy I know, picked the guitar. And someone said, play out in public at what that meant. Uh, for a box supper at school or something, you know what yeah, I mean? Started a something. band of boys. I remember Joe Sheets, the boy's name, said, and I'm going to tell you something. He said, I'll pick a manager. He said, if we play in public, I'm not yet. He said, you're going to fiddle. He said, <laughs> and I said, well, I don't fiddle too much. Well, you can learn. He said, I'll tell you that right now. He said, I'm not yet <laughs> having to get me a chair and set. And fiddle backwards that way, he says, you a fiddle. So I started <laughs> fiddling a little more then. And uh, there was, he had started, I think he was three year old. And uh, his older brother had a 
fellow that Albert had mine. And uh, said, when did he uh, get that pedal out and he's trying to learn? He said, Joe would get him two sticks of wood and sit down on the floor right at him and saw it like he was playing, you know? Yeah. And he said, I wasn't doing no good. <laughs> and I just got disgusted with him and said, there he sat with them two sticks of wood. Fiddling <laughs> said, I just disgusted with him and said, I just handed him a fiddle. And he said, the fiddle so big he couldn't hold it uh -huh. and get it, you know what I mean, under chin, but said he tried to, said he'd watch me, but said he tried to and he couldn't, it's too big. And he said, he got down the floor and rolled around and around, and it said, finally, he got that, got his legs around it, you know, like this, you know, backwards? Yeah. And he get a sound out of it. And he said, I'd be danged if he wasn't about to start a tune. Play a tune, and said, I just told him, fiddle George. <laughs> you know? And uh, he learned how to play it that way. Uh, did he keep playing it that way when he got older and bigger? No, he didn't. It embarrassed him to. Right, so that's why he had you. Uh, yeah, he had you play fiddle. But he played. Uh, he could play any instrument. He had. Uh, he had the best left hand that I ever saw on mm. anyone or professional anyone that could get over instrument. Mm. And I guess some of that come from start playing when he was three year old, probably. Yeah. But he. Played, we had a band after that, till he was, I'd say, probably 17 or 18 year old. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, uh, I know I went to radio stations and they bragged on his music terrible. And he could get over one. And he was more particular than anyone else. On the banjo, he would, uh, take two the, the silver dimes, and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And set them on one here and one on the other side. Yeah, On each side of the strings on the banjo head. On, under the bridge. Under the bridge? Under the bridge. Oh, under very the, good. Glad I asked. Under the bridge. And he would show it. He got a lot of prettier sound. Huh. That was. Get out my dimes. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could afford to try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's silver. It got a clur, you know what I mean? Yeah, sound that way. But now, does, does banjo have like a, a resonator or a tone ring or anything, or is it just wood? No, they make no difference either one. And it make, I've seen him play one with a with a tone <laughs> with a tone ring or a open back. Yeah. You know what I mean? See, it doesn't make no difference. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. One boy that played with us had a old master tone Gibson, and it was. A little odd. It was a good one, uh -huh. and he right, and he could nearly get the same sound out of a cheap open back banjo. He could that. Yeah, <laughs> but he put the he didn't play him, so he put the, the dimes by mm -hmm. the bridge. Interesting. There. What years? <laughs> what years was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, somewhere I was born in 1935, and he was about the same age I was. Uh, uh, that would have been somewhere in the uh, late forties or or somewhere there, maybe fifties there. I know uh, he uh, 
Earl Scruggs had just come out big then, and he picked up his bluegrass. I've heard him. And <laughs> the, the, but his uh, someone had showed him a finger style, you know, one finger first, or kind of. And he said it always bothered him, you know, he had to pull in the second one there, and sometimes he nearly tried to do two with one, you know, I remember saying. But he was pretty good at it. Hmm. But they was, uh, <laughs> uh, when he was about 17 or 18, he quit completely. And uh, he uh, belonged to the church, and some of them were, uh, we played for dances and so on. Mm -hmm. was kindly, I think. You played dances at a yeah. church? Huh? Is that what you said? <coughs> he they played for dances in the church. In the church? Did, or no, just he was a church member and maybe they didn't like that. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah, the church. Huh? Yeah, I know yeah. some churches are particularly yeah, about, about dancing. Dance some churches was and some wasn't, you know. Yeah, yeah. But he quit, he quit completely. You must not have read that part about King David <laughs> dancing down the street. Yeah. Half-naked. <laughs> <laughs> we have played it at church somewhere uh, where they danced down the aisles. Okay, well, might as well, right? Yeah. yeah. Very, yeah. Very good, Thornton. Um, I, I love hearing these stories about, you know, I'm just imagining, uh, you know, I grew up just in front of a screen the whole time, uh -huh. so it's really sweet to imagine you playing with, playing tunes with your, with your buds. Oh, they was fun. At that time, there was an awful lot of music. Nearly every house yeah. had a, a banjo or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, That's how I always imagined it. And they, uh, schoolhouses, they had little things and box suppers and had music or mm -hmm. a few places had a dance, you know, and some of the people would clear out a big room in the house, you know, and have a dance at their, at their house and so on. But I don't know. I guess it was probably in the fifties there. Rock and roll, yeah, come out, <laughs> and especially the younger generation. It just about wiped it out for a little while. You know. I know uh, this one man, Carbet Stamper. He was. Uh, had Albert learned some of his fiddling from him when he was a boy, and uh, he had, I had a country store there, mm -hmm. and uh, I guess it was probably 70 or something like that, and there was a bunch of playing music, and he came in there, and I know they heard someone say he played a little, and uh, said to Dad, he said, you gonna play in here, baby? I said, someone will about every week and be here. Well, he said, I ain't had a fiddle for 20 years, and I got me one. <laughs> the other day, he said, but I want to practice a little before we play here, you know. He said, I'm pretty scratchy, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And uh, sure enough, he come back the next Saturday, some of them playing. Played pretty good. As he said, he wasn't as powerful as he He'd been a good fiddler and still played pretty good and uh, they uh, I don't know uh, he played on up till he 
Died. You played with him, didn't yeah, you? Him. With him. I had an awful good time, didn't you? With his what was his name? Corbett Stamper. Corbett Stamper. Uh, is he is he related to the the other Stampers of note? I don't know. Art and Hiram. Uh, he could be, but he was yeah. in White Top. And okay. uh, there's actually a, there is a Field Recorders Collective CD of Corbett after he started playing again. You know, oh, very good. Or whatever, but it's kind of strange. After that twenty year gap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dad's, dad's playing guitar with him and Blanton Owen playing banjo. I'd love to hear that. Mom's playing banjo and some of it. But yeah. it's kind of strange. Uh, whenever they started the music program in schools, one of uh, the guys that I went to school with, his name is Blake Rash, he was Corbett's grandson. Or great-grandson. Great-grandson. Or something like that. Anyhow, he took up the fiddle. He'd never heard Corbett. Nobody had any tapes of Corbett at this time. And mom was like, he sounds just like it was so weird. It was crazy. Uh-huh. It's kind of weird, like something genetic. <laughs> and he does. He still sounds a lot like Harvey. Got so. his timing. Yeah. Wild, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I think it's about time we play another tune. But then yeah. after that, I would like to ask you how you got into playing old time okay. music, Emily. And then I want to talk more about Field Recorders Collective with you, Kilby, and uh, right. and then ask about ask you ladies how you got into playing music too. So all right. Yeah. Let's but let's. Kick up the next tune. What's another hot one? What's that?
Yes. <laughs> we put that one on our last CD, I think. Oh, didn't yes, we? we did. Yeah. We didn't yeah. do a good job on it either. A vote of confidence. Yeah. yeah. We was out of tune. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they didn't change it either. I shouldn't okay. have brought that up, I guess. Scratch that last comment. So, Emily, how did you start playing music? Okay, I've kind of came about it in a totally different way. Yeah. Because originally I'm from Northern Virginia, up around Arlington. I was born and raised up there. And I don't know, I think some people are just born to play music and love it, you know? Yeah. Ever since the time I was a little kid, I just loved music and had all kinds of little instruments at home. Yeah. Um, when did you first pick up a, an instrument? First thing I played, I guess, I was probably seven or eight, and I picked up a fiddle violin mm -hmm. at school, and I played that. And when I got around 11, a girlfriend of mine named Chris O'Connell and I, we were interested in singing and playing, and got ukuleles and guitars mm. and started singing and playing together then. I always loved fiddle music because I think really the one thing I remembered the most from when I did take music in school was the Irish Washerwoman and Sourwood Mountain, yeah. which, you know, that was what stuck, you know, because yeah. I was just, just interested in this kind of music and loved the mountains. So they were and, teaching you mountain music in school? Well, that was just part of the violin stuff. Interesting. Yeah, they use a lot of fiddle tunes, I think, in some violin huh. books, seems like. But then, you Makes know, sense. did a lot of singing and so on. And after I got out of high school, kind of bummed around and played a little music for a while and then went back to college. Um, eventually, my goal was to move to Southwest Virginia because of the music. Yeah. and. So I ended up down in Wise, Virginia, at Clinch Valley College. It's now UVA Wise and was in the social welfare program, which is kind of, I, I would call it probably the pioneering Appalachian Studies program, maybe. Huh. This was in the 70s. And when I got out of college, I wanted to move over this way for the music and yeah. met up with Thornton and yeah. got to picking with him and so on. I played the guitar then, mostly in the fiddle. I didn't play the banjo. I knew a little about it, but I kind of picked it up almost by accident. Flurry Dow, I know his picture's up there on the wall. He was here from hey, Alabama. Yeah, you got to like be a careful when you'll start playing banjo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of folks came in here in that time frame learning music from the source sources, you mm -hmm. know, which we were, I felt really lucky to be able to know some of the old folks, yeah. you know, because now to... we're the old folks, right? Right. So anyway, I know I'd heard Flurry showing people how to play, and one day I just sort of picked it up a little bit and could get a lick on it, and we went and visited right up there in the center is John Blevins playing the banjo this in that one picture. Here? Yes. With the cat? Yep. Yeah. And uh, I learned a whole lot from him on the porch and in the living room, and. I know it's interesting because he had learned from Albert Hash's uncle, I think. Was it his uncle? Who had learned from his great uncle. And wow. I mean, they lived up in White Top area, up on what they call Upper Helton. But originally they were from Crumpler, where we are now. Huh. Um, but anyway, so it's a style that went back before the Civil War, I'm sure. Because John was probably close to 80 back when we knew him, wasn't he, and learning. Yeah. And I learned from another man that played, you may have heard him, he played around a lot, named Enoch Rutherford from down in Grayson County toward, Eric Hall Gold Hill toward Independence. 
And also, I know we were talking about, you know, when rock and roll took over and so on like that. Well, when we were playing in Thornton's store one day, this man showed up, this older man, and he said, I saw an article, there's this paper they used to put out called The Plow, and they do a lot of, like, human interest stories, and they've done stuff on music. And he said, I heard they play music here at this store. He said, I didn't know people played old-time music anymore. Yeah. You know, his sons played bluegrass. His name was Lawrence Russell. So I learned a lot from him, too. He Those probably, three. Probably I probably know more on the banjo. He did. He knew saying. a lot. He was quite the maestro. But yeah. he didn't know people were still playing. And boy, yeah. he, now he got till he played all the time. You know, it just brought him right back out into the music world. Yeah, I heard that it was touch and go there for a minute for the, for the yeah. tradition. Yeah, but, yeah. I think now, you know, I know we've talked about this a lot. Uh, there's a lot more people playing and younger people playing, but I worry about the audience. You know, there's not as much. I know we've always played for a lot of square dances and stuff yeah. like that. Seem like there's not as much of that going on, or maybe people losing the way of calling the old dances and things yeah. like that. You know, yeah. so I kind of worry a little about the audience for the music. The music is very healthy, maybe yeah. more than it's ever been in some right. ways. You know, over a big area. But the listening culture is yes lessened. Interesting. It. Just in certain areas. Yeah, and of course we've got that yeah. crooked road that comes through here, you know, that kind of links together a lot of music venues. That does, that brings a lot of people from other places in here, doesn't it, y'all? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But. Yeah. Well, I love your singing. Well, I love your you. banjo playing. Powerful, powerful banjo playing. I love it. I think it must be the Enoch Rutherford heavy hand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's, it's real good. <laughs> It's, it sounds it's so steady and so just like driving it's great of the way you thank guys you. play thank you good family band <laughs> right on well, let's let's uh let's get another tune and then i'll uh move on to the next one again we were yeah. lost <laughs> were we lost engine is that what was this on our little we, list we can do a different one no i think go. lost indian would be good yeah. lost indian's a good let's one. do it yeah yeah, let's see if I can get See if we can, get can find up. I'm not allowed to turn myself away. I'll just turn it a little more. <laughs> <laughs> Does this one come in on that B? Yeah, it comes in on the B. Oh, my fingers done got stiff.
So, um, <laughs> Debbie, you said you're from Minnesota? Michigan. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, but I don't know. Really. I'll cut that out. Let's I try it. Take think. two. Take uh, two. Debbie, so you're yeah. from Michigan. <laughs> yes, I'm from Michigan. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> Distinct from Minnesota. <laughs> yes. Our Virginia State folklorist, one time, he said I was the biggest hillbilly from where? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, uh, I don't mind, but I moved here to, um... Fancy Gap, Virginia, in yeah. 1993. Yeah. And I didn't find old-time music until July of 1998. Yeah. It was the first time I heard it. And I love to dance, and that's what drew me to the music. I'd never played anything before. Oh, wow. And um, I met the White Top Mountain Band. was my most favorite band of all. So I would follow them around and a couple other bands, and I got to know the family. and. Um, I started to learn the fiddle in 2000, and I decided to move on. <laughs> so then I took up the um, bass in all four, and um, I started playing part time with White Top in June of all four, and full time in July of 2007. Yeah. And um, I've got to do a lot of amazing things since then. And wonderful. I'm glad to hear that you teach music as well. I know that um, you and Emily was asking about that, and. Um, music's a wonderful thing, and I think slowly it's catching on throughout the country that music is good for people <coughs> of all ages. Yes, and certainly. Um, in more ways than one. And yeah. so, congratulations to you for teaching and carrying on. And um, but thanks for having us again. Yeah, we appreciate yeah, of course. It. Well, you're a hell of a bassist. It oh, sounds wow. real, real nice. Well, <laughs> Very good. Um, so, are. are do we reach the end of the Thornton Thornton tune list? Yeah, you want to get out that fiddle? Sure. And are we what tune? What tuning are we going to? Uh, D. We're still in D. We're still in D. Still Great. D. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. stay in D. One cool. more tune in D, and then we'll go to A. All right, we're going to try a little bit of the eighth of January here now. Thank you. 
Kilby Spencer on the fiddle, and um, <coughs> excuse me, um, Kelly Brighter on the guitar. <laughs> Glad you're playing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So, um, how did you two meet? So I, I don't know if I if I said all of the relationships yet. So um, Emily and Thornton are, are Kilby's parents. Kelly's Kilby's girlfriend. And and Debbie's just from Michigan. Right. <laughs> hey. Yeah. And Debbie. She's in the band with us. Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> I drove all the way down here. Yeah, just, Ten hours just to get here for this interview. Yeah. <laughs> Who's crazy about podcasts? <laughs> 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 oh. No, we met, uh, Kelly and I met, well, in the I cut was hired for this. That's right, the cutthroat world of fiddlers conventions. Yeah. Uh, been several years back, but we were trying very hard to win all the conventions. And Ke- Kelly <laughs> uh, is real well known for playing Surrey County style banjo. The yeah. Mount Airy Fillers Convention has always been a hard one to crack especially if you're not from Mount Air, even if you're just from an hour and a half away. I, I saw it once and, and yeah, so we talked results. about it and said, let's ask Kelly if she would play banjo with my band Crooked Road Ramblers and we got her to play. We had good success. I don't remember if we got second or something. We did, we got second. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good in Mount Area. Yeah. And uh, from there on, we did a lot of fillers conventions and just started playing music and stuff together. So. Yeah. <laughs> right on. It yep. was the gig that never ended. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Basically. That's right. Yeah. Very good. Very good. How did, how did you start playing old-time music, Kelly? Well, um, okay, so I, I was always into music, but never exposed to any kind of traditional music in my young life. Yeah. Um, just like music through school and, you know, popular music and stuff. And, and, um, I played the piano a little bit and all like that, but I never played a uh, stringed instrument of any kind. And and when I was about, let's see, I was 18. I was about. We have a cellist here too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Cue the music. It's a good story. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. So I had met some people who played guitars. Um, they flat picked the guitar and played bluegrass, traditional bluegrass music. They were from Athens, Georgia. Um, and so uh, I was into it right away. I'm yeah. like, this is cool, you know, these people doing this. Well, um, we had all been working at the same place and, and living in the same quarters. Um, so I was around them constantly for a long time. And then um, what happened is the season ended and we all went back to our homes. And the next year they didn't come back. And so nobody played the guitar. Yeah. So I went to the music store in the town of that place where we were working and got myself a guitar and learned how to play the guitar pretty fast because I needed to fill this void of them not being there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I played the guitar and sang songs all by myself and then there, there was um, this coffee house jam so I went to that. I'd never been to anything like like an open mic night. Yeah, yeah. I didn't play but I, I went in to see what was going on and there were other musicians there including a banjo player and so I went and started hanging out with this banjo player and I know I did not pursue playing the banjo at all I was still just playing the guitar and figuring out what he was talking about this old-time music stuff um, so then it wasn't too long after that I ended up at the Mount Airy Fiddlers convention 
And from there, I was just mixed up in it, never got out. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> so, ever since I went to that one Phillips convention, I've been to every one since that time. And now, now, do you have all of the stickers? For those of you who don't know, there's like a little car stickers at Mount Airy, and I, I totaled my old car and I lost my oh, stickers. Oh, yeah. But do you, do you have all those stickers? Well, I formerly had a pretty good collection, but I've had many vehicles in the time span. Yeah. So some of them have gone off to... You know, wherever the stickers go. Yeah, <laughs> wherever those Mount Airy stickers over, go. Yeah. yeah. So, so somewhere, somewhere along the lines, there you you became known for your Surrey County style banjo yeah, playing. Well, not too long. I was in college at that time, so I had to visit um, Mount Airy back and forth. I couldn't, you know, be totally immersed at that moment. Yeah. So I was going back and forth and um, playing with um, Chester McMillan and Nick McMillan in Mount Airy um, and I so every time I would go and learn songs I'd go back and I would just play every song that I knew over and over on the banjo this is our, I got a banjo and started playing the banjo because that was something that somebody needed me to do yeah. so I, I then I was going back and forth and I would play every tune that I learned so I wouldn't forget them yeah. because that's kind of the challenge of the beginning is trying to keep track of what you've even got a hold of yeah so uh, I would just play them all over and over, um, and sure enough, could remember them quite well after that. And and then you know, uh, commenced to be in a band for eleven years, doing that very thing, uh -huh. um, getting quite attached to the round peak tunes and the history <coughs> of the area, learning you know all kinds of stuff. Um, so it became a different experience. Uh, the span of time going to the Mount Airy Fillers Convention every year from yeah. not having any idea what was going on yeah. to being like from Mount Airy now and yeah. being the Insider. what the people yeah. considered a local when they yeah. came to the Fiddlers Convention became quite a strange change. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, but that's about the long and short of it and then ended up up here playing what they call over the mountain music now. Who knew? Yeah. yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, how many? It's, it's how, tuning time. Yeah, yeah. How many more tunes do we got? Two more. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Where are we going to? A. A. Let's go. Kelly, I'll play banjo. Yeah, I was gonna say. After all that talk, maybe do you want to switch with me? I can play guitar. And you can. Yeah. Are we gonna do stagger Lee or not? It all depends on. If we do, want to do stagger. Then she plays a guitar. How about this? We do stagger Lee where you sing it, playing the guitar. Then we end up with John Brown's dream, and then we'll be done. Is that an A? Yeah. Okay. Both, right. of, them, both of those are an A. Plan. Okay. Uh, and we're tuned. Very <laughs> good. Yeah. Um. Are yeah? Are you good too? Uh, I should be. Good. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. You're playing so. Okay. Well, yeah. What are we playing? <clears throat> I think we're gonna do a little bit of Stagger Lee. Kelly does a, a good job singing this one, so let's try that. Very good. One. It's a good local tune.
What, what are the words? Some, he's he's a bad man. What, what are the words? He's a bad man. Mean old staggerly. Mean old staggerly. He's a mean old staggerly. Did I catch that, that he shot someone? He did. Yeah. He did. That's, that was so mean of him. It was. <laughs> he shot him in the back, didn't he? Actually, you know, there is a... I think that song goes way back. Back yeah. to the 20s. The blues people did it. and Rock and roll Rock people. and roll people did it. <laughs> so, it's passed down through the years. All kinds of different versions of it. Well, I think we've entered the uh, the plug-in portion of the show. We've got a lot of plug-in to oh, do around here. Um, hey, don't get Thornton to plug the CD. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He already gave his info. Yeah, he gave yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, you guys got a C- CD together then? No, Who's we don't the... have one together. Not this group, but Dad and Mom and Debbie are in a band. Very good, very I'll good. I'll let them let Mom tell you about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Debbie, you go Here. ahead. You're, you're a good band spokesperson. Ah. Well, our brand newest CD is called Roads of Grayson County. And it's got a lot of... Um, we have another couple other band members that aren't here right now. Um, Kilby's brother Martha is in the band. Kilby's brother. Oh, somebody Who else made that mistake. Yeah. Ruth Bader Ginsburg made that mistake. She called. Uh, what should we call it? <laughs> uh, so lady. Lost. <laughs> what? Uh, on the radio, she, or she was giving a commencement speech, and Lindsey Graham, she called him a lady. Oh, <laughs> so okay. I can okay. be right. forgiven right. because it does happen. Yeah, if Ruth did it. Yes, jeez. <laughs> so, anyhow, anyways, you didn't say the name of the band either. Sister. Yeah, we are the White Top Mountain Band. Yes. Oh, thank you. The White, White Top Mountain Band. Band. Yes. We back to the 1940s with with Thornton Kim. and Albert. But we've and been in it since '75. And Flurry Dow. Right on. And shoot, Tom and Becky Barr. Tom and Becky Barr, yes. <laughs> Too so many to remember. Emily and Thornton have been playing since 1975. Yeah. In the White Time Mountain Band. We've got several recordings here and there and about. Yes. Oh, I know. We've got yes. this. But you can go on our website and we have several CDs on there. And you can purchase them through there. Or you can yeah. do them online through, if you want to download um, CD Baby or Amazon. Great. I think they're on Spotify, too. Spotify. Yes, yes. There's probably, what, you guys have recorded maybe 20 albums through the years? Maybe. But a lot of them are out of print. iTunes might have some. Something. We might have. So what's that website one more time? WhiteTopMountainBand.com. Just not the, just WhiteTopMountainBand.com. Very good. Which may change someday soon. We want to redo it. And we're on Facebook. Got a Facebook page. Ah, very good. Yeah. Like and follow that. Uh... Well, who's next? Kelly and I both play in a band called uh, Crooked Road Ramblers. Yes. Website, crookedroadramblers.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have four different albums available. They're all on Bandcamp where you can stream them for free or download them. They're not on iTunes or any of that stuff. you got to go to Bandcamp. Yeah. It's a, it's a good platform. I like the way that it, yeah, uh, me too. The way that works and gives yeah. the money to the artists and everything. And uh, we mostly play Virginia and North Carolina. We don't get too far out, but... That's uh, Crooked Road Ramblers. We've been together about... When was the first Crooked Road oh, Ramblers wow. show? 2002 or something? It was 04. 04, okay. Uh-huh. So that's, that's been a long time. But yeah. uh, And uh, I play the fiddle. Kelly plays the banjo and sings. John Perry plays uh, kind of the the guitar that does the runs all the time. He just constantly does runs. we got a rhythm <laughs> guitar player <laughs> named Donald Hill and a mandolin player named Wayne Dye. 
he also sings. And Karen Carr plays the bass. Everybody actually, everybody in the band except me sings. I started out with Crooked Road Ramblers, but she left I us. didn't last. <laughs> I don't worry. That's been so long. Ago. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't remember what happened. But. Yeah. But we've band, been, band drama. That's right. We've, <laughs> we've been in our current incarnation. There's four of us that have been in the band for about 10 years together. Yeah. So it's been around for a while. But we have a good good time. Kelly, you want to plug your solo Why? career? Sure. It's the going rate, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So I've got my own band called Kelly and the Cowboys. We started in 2005. Um, and I guess you would say we're like a retro Western band playing 40s and 50s country and swing songs. Right on. Um, and uh, we've got a website and a Facebook page, of course, KellyandTheCowboys.com. And that's K-E-L-L-E-Y, for those of you who <laughs> like to spell it the other way. Yeah. It'd be a Google challenge, um, to say the least. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's about the long and short of it. We play all over North Carolina and Asheville and Greensboro and Pittsburgh and all the boroughs. You went to Nashville not long ago and played for a wedding. It's a true story. We were yeah. there. Yeah. We went right over there. Yeah. Played right all over it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew you did. Right on. And uh, you want to talk about Field Recordings Collection? Oh, yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the things I kind of do on the side that I really enjoy is I'm on the board of the, the Field Recorders Collective. That's Field Recorder. Dot org, also Bandcamp. It's fieldrecorder.bandcamp.com. And we've got produced about over 90 albums at this point of traditional music. And it's wow. it's all, most of it is field recordings made by people, you know, all the way back to the 30s up until fairly recent times. And it's all older musicians, a lot of the, a lot of the musicians that people um, got their tunes from. Yeah. And it, there's a large focus on the Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, this kind of area. A lot of the people that have mentioned uh, on this podcast, there actually are CDs of them at the Field Recorders Collective. There's two Albert Hash CDs that feature Mom, Dad, Emily Thornton oh, yeah. on a, a awesome. lot of the tunes. <laughs> There's a John Blevins CD that has maybe 30 or 35 tunes on it of him playing banjo. That's the one who, who taught you, Emily, mm-hmm. how to play yeah. banjo? Very good. Uh, Carbet Stamper, who taught Albert Hash. And Dad, you probably learned some from Carbet, too. Right. Anyhow, there's a carpet stamper CD. So uh, there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of stuff like that. And I think they do a great thing. There was a guy named Ray Alden who's who's passed away since he started it. But he started the whole thing and worked really hard to keep it going. His wife kind of oversees everything now with the rest of us. And uh, I think it, it's an important thing. It kind of uh, gives voice to people that are gone and maybe their their family don't have the resources to yeah. put out the material or didn't have the material in yeah. the first place. So. It's kind of a good way to give a voice to lesser-known people that uh, deserve a lot of credit for their music. So, And uh, the proceeds go to the families of the musicians. That's right. Uh, after cool. production cost, most of the royalties go to the families of all the musicians, which is a is a good thing. Very so. cool. Awesome. So. Well, um, do, you, do you want to switch spots with me for the, for this one? Or get you get you this mic since you're going to play banjo, Kelly. that capo and a pick? Or... Yeah, so Emily, Emily's going to play guitar, Kelly's going to play banjo. I'm going to try to play guitar. It might not be pretty. <laughs> right. Ooh, this is a cushy one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a good deal here. Uh, yeah, what's, what are we playing for the last tune? I think we're going to play John Brown's Dream, which is uh, one that dancers really like. Kelly plays this. Plays, this is one of her contest tunes. Yeah, it's one of my greatest hits. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of blue with that Right one. on. <laughs> 
Maybe it shouldn't be plural. Maybe it should just be my greatest hit. No. Thanks so much, you guys, for uh, having me in this home and, uh, and, yeah. and playing music with this, me. It's been fun. check the tour dates or buy the CDs of any of the bands mentioned in the last segment, I included links on Get Up In The Cool's Facebook page, my blog, CameronDeWitt.com slash GetUpInTheCool, and this episode's description on your podcatching app. Those band names again are White Top Mountain Band, Crooked Road Ramblers, and Kelly and the Cowboys. Kelly with an E-Y at the end. Uh, no the before any of those band names. And if you put a .com after any of those names, you'll find their websites or you can search them on Facebook and uh, like and subscribe to their uh, Facebook pages. Then uh, make sure and check out fieldrecorder.org for their extensive collection of source recordings. If you have any spending money left after buying all those CDs, Get Up in the Cool Volume 1 is now for sale online and in person. It features the show's best performances from 2016, seamlessly connected into an album format, lovingly curated by last fall's Patreon supporters and yours truly. I spent a lot of time putting it together, remixing the tunes, making the levels and stereo image just right, and I think you're really going to like it. You can find it at CameronDeWitt.com, just click the button that says buy slash stream. And finally, if you want to support Get Up In The Cool, go to CameronDeWitt.com and click the button that says Patreon. Ashley Smythe did it last week, and now she gets to listen to a Get Up In The Cool bonus track each week. 
There's other great rewards on there too, like shoutouts on the show, MP3 downloads, and a monthly online banjo hangout where you can ask me all your burning banjo technique questions. I mean, like, questions that you really want to ask about how to play the banjo, not how to effectively and efficiently burn banjos. Just your standard banjo joke. Uh, thanks again to all my Patreon supporters for keeping the show going, and thanks to Ashley for joining the Get Up in the Cool Inner Circle. Once again, go to CameronDoIt.com, start clicking and tapping, or follow the links on my blog, the Facebook page, or the episode description on your podcatching app. That's all for now, friends. Come back same time next week for more Get Up in the Cool. <laughs>